Good afternoon to all of my podcast people. Currently, it is 3.45 p.m., and I am recording this podcast in the small city of Newburyport, Massachusetts. Today, I have a bit of a solemn episode for everybody, but I feel it is crucial to talk about what has been occurring with Hurricane Laura in Louisiana and Texas, specifically the coastline. So there's a lot of things going on in our nation right now. I understand that racial inequality, uh, coronavirus, but one of the things that I am most passionate about is weather-related natural disasters. You know, these are things that we just don't control and the damage they can conflict is just incredible and you know again it's something we can't control so that's where i get you know i get very very interested and you know how strong can these storms really be well i'll go into a little bit about you know how strong laura was and first off i'm going to tell you right away laura was the strongest category four storm or strongest storm in general to ever hit the louisiana coast on record so that says something you know It was a Category 4 borderline Cat 5 with max winds of 150 miles per hour and storm surge that reached almost 20 to 25 feet in some areas in coastal Louisiana, Cameron, uh, Louisiana to be exact. And this storm is just shocking. It was sad. And again, it was worse in terms of damage and specifically wind damage than Hurricane Katrina. So that really says something. So as I'm sitting here right now, it's actually a rainy day, and believe it or not, kind of a funny fact, this is the rain of the remnants of Laura all the way up here in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And you know, it's just shocking how, you know, it's warmer outside and the rain feels warm, and you know, you can tell it's from that tropical, the tropical uh, upheaval that brought with it. And it's just crazy to think a storm this strong, you know, it made it all the way across the nation. It came up at uh, Louisiana, then it went up to Arkansas, Tennessee, over to Virginia, and all the way up here to New England. It made it that far. Obviously, the land, you know, made it die out a bit, but it's just crazy to think that, you know, connecting to why am I so passionate about this? You know, not just the weather, but more specifically, those little offshoots of the weather, you know, weather-related natural disasters. Why am I so... uh, Uh, passionate about this. I think one of the biggest things is growing up in the city I've grown up in. Newburyport is a coastal community and it's known actually in many different, you know, situations for its variety of storms it gets. You know, the wintertime we get these awful ice, rain and snow, bad winter storms and, you know, even more specifically nor'easters they call them, which are just in some way, you know, not tropical storms, but they're kind of, you know, smaller type hurricanes that we get in the winter and they can do shocking damage in such a quick period of time, moving so quick. And, you know, Plum Island, part of our town is in Plum Island. You know, we've had homes, multiple of them, you know, half dozen to a dozen homes go into the water because of beach erosion, strong waves, coastal um, storm surge we get a lot of. And, you know, just we get a lot of tree damage here in Western Newburyport and even house damage in some ways when the trees and, you know, power poles come down. So it's crazy to see, you know, I've got to grow up with a variety of different storms, the wintertime, the summertime, even with coastal hurricanes that we get here. And it's going to Plum Island, driving with my dad and seeing, you know, 10, 20 feet waves, even, you know, 20 foot waves, even right there. It's just, it's nuts. It really is. And lucky in some way to be able to see what mother nature can do. And I, I respect her from, you know, all of her power. 
So while I am recording a podcast for you guys, you know, unfortunately, uh, I can't show you things, but I can let you listen to things. And, you know, I'm a deep follower of the Weather Channel, uh, Stephanie Abrams, Jim Cantore, both great meteorologists, and they do a great job overall. And I do want to sh- uh, let you listen to a video that I think TMZ did a very good job with. You know, Jim Cantori and uh, Stephanie Abrams are both, in some ways, they're storm chasers. You know, they were in Lake Charles, Louisiana, to experience this 130, 140-mile-per-hour storms. And I want you guys to listen. So I'm going to play this video for you. Just listen. Hear the wind howl. Hear the power from Hurricane Laura. guys that's just crazy to hear and you know obviously you're over the phone you can't hear it as good i recommend looking up the video but even hearing it through the phone like that and hearing when you get to that point where it's whistling like that you know you have a huge storm and a storm that will cause catastrophic damage and again i can't show you that damage i recommend you look it up and really see it for yourself and once you see what what mother nature can do you'll respect respect her that much more so again damage catastrophic homes ripped off their you know ripped off of their foundations moved in 30 40 50 60 100 feet away from where they were um devastating storm surge wind damage i mean you look at the pictures and you look at the landscape before and after the landscape has just changed so drastically you know i'm lucky i've never lived in a community like that and you know the south where you have a strong chance and you know certain areas were reoccurring storms you know hurricane rita came 15 early 15 years or sorry about uh 
16 years earlier in 2020 now. Rita came in 24 to be exact. Um, you get storms that come actually in very similar locations. Rita moved about 20, 30 miles west of where the storm was. That's not far. So Cameron, Louisiana, um, they experienced Rita and got devastated back years ago and they rebuilt and unfortunately they had a problem. So I'm lucky that I don't live in the South where your chances of getting, you know, your coastal community getting devastated by a storm is that much more. So pray for these people. So what really makes Hurricane Laura different than the rest of them? You know, that's what the, that's the biggest question, I guess, that people always wonder, or at least I do. What, you know, what does this storm, you know, what's different about it than other storms? For me, there's three big different things. The first one's the obvious. Like I told you guys already, this storm, I mean, bigger than Katrina, it was the biggest to ever hit Louisiana. That's that's shocking in itself. In terms of wind damage, it was the biggest. The rain wasn't awful. When I say awful, I mean, it, it was still pretty bad. It still got feet of rain in some spots. Uh, but um, it wasn't awful compared to like a Harvey, which was just, just sat, sat off the Texas coast for days. It just moved at two, three miles per hour, stationary at some point, uh, some points. This one moved at 15 miles per hour. That's not necessarily, necessarily fast or necessarily slow. You know, fast is 30 miles an hour, like the ones we get. But um, again, the damage was catastrophic and it was the biggest to hit Louisiana. The second and probably um, smaller one that I'd say is just... When a weather observatory or a weather station gets hit and destroyed, it really hits home, I guess, hits close to home for the weather people, you know, even for me, I'm not a meteorologist, but um, I've spent a lot of time and research on weather. So the Lake Charles weather uh, observatory or station got really badly damaged, you know. The weather uh, vane got knocked down. Um, you see, if you look up pictures and you look what happened at the physical reporting center where they go on TV, it just got destroyed, you know. Um, wind, the windows, the walls, you know, something fell in and it's leaking. It just, it, the whole thing got destroyed and it's just really, really sad. It hits close to home. And the third biggest thing, this is the big one here is the whole COVID-19 thing going on. You know, there are people on the Texas coast and Louisiana coast who wanted to go to certain, um, I can't think of the word, certain, to seek refuge. They wanted to go to certain centers to seek refuge. And unfortunately, it was only at 75% capacity, 50% at some spots. And unfortunately, some people were denied and they weren't allowed to go in that. You know, they reached maximum capacity in certain spots. So they were shipped off to the next one. And, you know, maybe they had a problem and they couldn't get into that one either. They had to go to another one, I'm, assume, I'm assuming, in some situations. I've heard some stories of people that were denied and it was scary, right? That's scary. You can't go in because, you know, they reached maximum capacity and, you know, they don't want to risk that. That's scary in itself. And um, overall, you know, it's just this storm was shocking and COVID-19 did not help. So in the next um, segment, I'm going to, you know, bring up some ways from the New York Times and my own personal opinion. How can you help? So helping you know how can we help these people a lot of people were impacted you know the one lucky part i guess i would say about laura was it hit a part 
of Louisiana, especially the coast, that is not exactly too populated. Uh, that was good. Cameron, you know, is the, the only small city, or not even small city, small town, uh, where the storm hit on the Texas and Louisiana border. Uh, the storm did go a little farther west than they were tracking. If it moved a little farther east, it would have been much more of an issue for Port Arthur, Texas, which is on the border near of uh, Louisiana. And that would have been much of, uh, it's, a, it's a larger area, you know, there's an oil refinery, so it's a problem. But um, another big issue I do want to mention to you guys was people, uh, we've, there's already unfortunately been 15 people who have passed away, and a majority of these people died from carbon monoxide poisoning. And actually, uh, a few of them died because of, there's a chemical plant in Lake Charles, and this chemical plant, a huge fire and chemicals got out. And that's always another big problem that we face with natural disasters. It's, you know, obviously, you know, homes and that, that whole issue, but, you know, nuclear plants, oil refineries, chemical plants, you know, they can all get destroyed too and release awful toxins into the environment. So, uh, in terms of how you can help, uh, New York Times states, and I quote, the full impact of Hurricane Laura is still being assessed. So donating money is the easiest and most efficient way to help right now. Organizations distribute money according to the community's most urgent needs, which can change quickly. But before giving money, do some research to make sure their organization is reputable. You can use sites like Charity Navigator or GuideStar, which grade nonprofits on their effectiveness in financial wellness. Or search the International Revenue Services database to see if an organization is eligible to receive tax-deductible contributions. So, also, there's local organizations you should, um, and this is me speaking now, local, local organizations that you can uh, donate to, like the Cashew Navy, a nonprofit. Uh, it's a citizen-led natural disaster response team. It's working to rescue those who are stranded and get them critical supplies. Its most urgent needs are for cleaning materials, rubber boots, insect spray, beach wipes, gloves, masks, and disinfectant. You also, uh, they recommend, make a monetary donation. So, you know, money definitely is the biggest help. But for me, and this is me speaking, you know, the biggest thing I also think to help is, again, to just raise awareness about this problem. You know, I have my meteorology account and I've been doing a lot of posts you know, just to show people and instill not like a bad fear, but instill f some sort of fear in others who don't understand these storms to show them, you know, wow, this is shocking. You know, maybe I should help or, you know, maybe I should be more considerable on my ecological footprint to, you know, not contribute to these storms being more damaging. And, you know, another big stat I do want to read to you guys, and I'm pulling it up now, is... Um, a study that was done. It's a very uh, comprehensible study done by scientists, very credible, and they gave a really scary fact, and I'm going to read. The, um, the Washington Post didn't uh, do the study, but they cited it in their article. The Washington Post states, and I quote, a scientific study finds a global increase of about 8% per decade of the likelihood that a given tropical cyclone may become a category three or greater storm. You know, that's a scary fact. And I want to raise awareness about this because 8%, not small, you know, but not big, um, per decade though, that's every 10 years. And that, that increases 8% or more that a tropical storm will be a category three or more. Category three or more is catastrophic and damaging. So, you know, if I live till 2090 or whatever, you know, 
that's, you know, what, um, let me get, bring up my calculator quickly. It's 2020, 70 years from now. If I multiply 7 times 8, that's a 56% chance increase that a storm will be at Category 3 or higher at the rate we're moving at right now. Scary. And I, you know, this is science. I believe this. So, you know, we got to do something, you know, raise awareness to, um, on a more broader level, you know, even bigger than just Laura alone, you know, on a stronger level, you know, let's raise awareness about this. So as I'm coming now towards the end of my podcast episode for the day, you know, even if you're not religious or you are religious, I want you to do your prayers for the people down in Louisiana. And, you know, the thing about natural disasters, again, is one can hit in a certain spot, but the amount of money and, you know, billions of dollars that it can cost in some situations is unfortunately inadvertently and implicitly impacts, you know, the rest of the country in some way. Not nearly as much as Corona, but, you know, strong storms like Katrina did, like Harvey did, they can in some way bring down the economy and impact the rest of us. But even more, you know, even even more than that, you know, I value lives over the economy. Um, pray for the, you know, 15 people and rising, unfortunately, that are dead and you know the about 100 or over 100 people still missing and you know a few hundred people who are injured so you know pray for them um you know again donate raise awareness post things talk about it even talk about it um it will help and thank you all so much for listening today and have a great day